All right, and we're back with another episode of Couchside Sports, episode eight today. Hey, let's do it. Hey, let's go. As always, your guy Kyle French in the building. And your boy Mike Burke. And man, some crazy stuff happened this weekend. I cannot believe what oh. went down in the NBA, man. Oh, this is great. I thought the summer was over. I thought the offseason was done. I was like, all right, this is what's happening. These are the rosters going into the season. And then the biggest trade of the summer happened. Oh, yeah. I mean, I thought we weren't going to be able to do who got finessed for the NBA until uh, the trade deadline in February. Exactly. That's what I was thinking, and, too. Uh, but They brought it right back to us. So oh, yeah. If by any chance you haven't heard, Celtics, Cavs, huge deal. Sending uh, Kyrie Irving to the Celtics in exchange for Isaiah Thomas, Jay Crowder, Ante Zizic, and a 2018 first round pick, the Nets, Nets pick. Yep. Yeah. And uh, that that pick's going to be top three, right? I don't know. The Nets are terrible. The Nets are terrible, but in the weakened East, I don't know if yeah. they're going to be bottom three in the in the league. Maybe not, but I think it's pretty conservative to say that's a top five pick. Top five, I would say, yeah. yeah. I don't think it's going to be first overall, and I think that— It might not be. And I honestly think it was a good trade because— For who? For both sides. Okay. Both sides, it was a good trade, but I think that the Celtics won the trade. I I have to disagree. Okay, I good. think both teams got better. Oh, yeah. No, but, I'm not doing hey, that. So if we're doing who got finessed here, obviously neither team got fully fleeced, you know? No, yeah. But uh, I would say— the Celtics got a little finessed, maybe like a three on the meter. Yeah, maybe just like something small like that because if you look at it, they wanted that superstar. So they're getting – like I I honestly think that if you win – like to win the trade, you have to get the best player back. And easily the That's Celtics fair. got the best player back. They definitely got the best player back. The, the reason I think they got finessed a little bit is because the Cavs were in a terrible situation. Like the Celtics had all the leverage in this deal. Yeah. And they could have, like, milked them. They could have worked them down. I I mean, I don't know if you could have gotten down to Kyrie for Isaiah straight up. Probably not. But you could have at least either kept Jay Crowder or the pick, I think. Well, see, the thing is, is when they first started talking about it, the Cavs were like, we want Jason Tatum. The Cavs were like, in this trade, yeah. if, if we're giving you Kyrie, we want Jason Tatum. And the Celtics were like, absolutely not. Yeah, you can't give him up. I just, I feel like they had all the leverage. They could have just kept saying... <clears throat> no, nah, we're not going to do that. No, nah, we're not going to do that. And if if the Cavs don't make a deal, if they don't get rid of Kyrie, it's almost a lost season. I mean, how are you going to play a full year and expect to win a title when your starting point guard and the second best player on your team doesn't even want to be there? I mean, I heard talks that he said he'd rather sit out the season than play for Cleveland. Wow, that's pretty crazy. Yeah, so I don't know if that was 100% accurate, but I did see uh, multiple reports that that was a possibility. And if that's true, like the Cavs were so desperate to get rid of him, and that's why I think that the Celtics got a little finessed. I do 100% agree that they got the best player in the deal. Yeah, I think they got a lot better, and I would say now the Celtics have no ceiling to as far as they can go. I mean, they they can possibly win a title next season. I, I think it's a very real chance. I also think that they are the team that beat in the East. I do believe, yes, when it comes down to it, it's going to be Eastern Conference Finals. It's going to be Cavs, Celtics. Have to expect that. And everybody's like, oh, like, oh, LeBron, LeBron's on the Cavs still. But if you look at it, when LeBron cannot be on the floor the entire time. So when he is off the floor, obviously you can have like Isaiah and Derrick Rose and stuff, but the Cavs bench does not come anywhere close to what the Celtics have coming off the bench. I, I don't know. I think they got deeper, though. I mean, off their bench now they have Derrick Rose. Yeah. Kyle Corver's no 
he's not a stud, but he's no scrub. I yeah, mean, but he's just Kyle there Cor- to shoot threes. Kyle Korver's going to be starting. Who else is going to no. start at the shooting guard? J.R. Smith. So J.R. Smith's going to start over Korver? Yeah. Okay. Easily. I would say Korver's Car- uh, going to start there. Really? But I think so, I yeah. mean, Korver was on the team last year, and he didn't start. Yeah. I don't know. I'd, I just think that Korver would be better in that starting lineup because he's there to space the floor, and you want more scoring and like ball handling to come off the bench. That's why I would have JR come off the bench because he's one of those guys that can come off the bench and drop like 15 real fast. All right, that that's fair, but I think that that only helps my point of their bench being solid. So you could either have that either one true, of those yeah. guys. And then you got Jay Crowder, who I think is the most underrated piece of this trade. Oh yeah. Because He's a great player. You need wing defenders. I mean, if they play the Warriors again, they didn't have anyone who could guard KD. I mean, LeBron tried, but you don't want him exacting all his effort on the defensive end of the ball. Yeah. Richard Jefferson played his heart out, but at his age, he just he can't guard Kevin Durant mm-hmm. well enough to win. Yeah. And I think Jay Crowder's another great option there. And then obviously you have Richard Jefferson kinda has that, that power forward. He had a big impact last year filling in for Kevin Love. So I think their bench is solid. And then also, I feel like if you look at like the starting lineup, so if you, so what I would think the Celtics are going to start out with is obviously Kyrie Irving. I think they're probably going to start Jalen Brown at the shooting guard. Yeah. Uh, Gordon Hayward at the three, Marcus Morris at the four, and Al Horford at the five. Yep. So when you compare the two starting like lineups, so who's better, Kyrie or IT? Kyrie. Kyrie. Who's better at shooting guard, Jalen Brown or J.R. Smith or Kyle Korver? I'd probably have to lean to to J.R. Smith just because Jalen Brown has never started before. He's not a proven player, and he needs a lot of work on the jump shot. I feel like at the end of the season, we can revisit this and talk about that. That's true. Obviously, it's LeBron over Gordon Hayward, but yep. Gordon Hayward is not a slouch. No, definitely not. Um, the four, Marcus Morris and Kevin Love. Kevin Love, easy. Kevin Love, easy. And then the five is Al Horford and Tristan Thompson. I would have to go Al Horford, but Thompson's very important for what the Cavs do. He is. But then you also look at it and... The person that has guarded LeBron the best the past couple of seasons is on the Celtics now, and his name is Marcus Morris. He, I saw a stat, has played the best defense against LeBron James than anybody else in the league. Really? And now he is going to be matching up with LeBron for the Celtics. So that's pretty important. And also, when you look at it, you're going to have the same problems that you had when you have IT and Kyrie. Kyrie doesn't really play defense, but if he gets it in his mind that he needs to, he can he can guard you. He's yeah, he's six got three, potential, yeah. And in Brad Stevens' system, I feel like Brad Stevens is going to be like, listen, you need to play defense. That's This is what our team does. See, that's you know? another reason that I'm not so sure about these Celtics offseason moves is I think they lost a lot of the identity that they had in the past couple of years, like a defensive-minded, like, hustle, gritty gritty team. But I, mean, I don't Kyrie's think they really did, player. though. They lost Avery Bradley and Jay Crowder, who outside of Marcus Smart are the two guys who – supplied that for them the most. Yeah, and they replaced it with Marcus Morris, who's gritty like that, just like Jay Crowder. He's basically Jay Crowder, Marcus Morris, pretty much. I don't think he's... I mean, obviously that stat speaks for itself, the guarding LeBron thing, but we'll see this season. Yeah, but he's also like the grittiness, you know, and Gordon Hayward can play defense. I mean, we've seen him chase down LeBron and block him. Like, he can play defense as well. So I don't think they really lost that much on the defensive end. Yes, they lost Jay Crowder, who is a big part of the team, like defensively and with their like mindset and stuff. But I feel like they replaced them with some pretty decent players that have the same exact, you know, mindset. They did to a degree. I just I think when you change four of your starters 
on a team who's built around an identity and a certain character, it's just it's going to be different. And, yeah. you know, maybe Brad Stevens can make it work because I think most of the identity and character comes from their head coach, Brad 100%, Stevens. 100%, yeah. But I don't know. I just I, I have to see in action. But Kyrie Irving definitely gives them a better chance. Yeah, they have a new the identity. It's a new identity. Like, look at their big three now, you know? Kyrie, Horford, Hayward. Yeah, that's a better, that's a much better big three. Much than better than what they had last year. And it is crazy to think about, but like Kyrie is 25. His best yeah, basketball is ahead of him. So like when, when people look at this trade and they're like, oh, the Cavs got better and their future got better, which I can agree with 100% because they now have that 2018 pick. So if LeBron leaves, you're going to get one of those young guys that you can breed into a star. Yeah. But the Celtics' future has not changed. It's still extremely bright. They still have either the Lakers pick if they if it falls to two to five next year. If they don't, then it goes to Sacramento the Sacramento pick, and that's in 2019, and that's like unprotected. So they still have that like another draft pick. And I also feel like by them keeping Jason Tatum was huge because I feel like Jason Tatum is better than anybody that you're going to get with that Nets pick next year. That that's probably true. I mean, I don't know the. Uh... The draft class next year right now yeah. it's really tough to project that far ahead. Um, but, yeah, I, to a degree, I can definitely agree with that. I mean, Tatum's a special talent, and, you know, they were going to take him at one for a reason, and he'll be a great player coming off the bench for them. So Yeah, and I also, but I also think that their, their teams are not done. I feel like once D. Wade gets bought out, I think he's a real possibility to go to the Cavs just to, like, play with LeBron. Now they have IT and stuff like that, and I also saw a thing. That was talking about the Cavs are now in a much better place to trade for Carmelo Anthony. Because now they can trade Jay Crowder and they have that Nets pick where they can be like, you know what, we can hold on to this, but they would probably want LeBron. Like, listen, LeBron, if we make this trade for Melo, we want a little bit more of a commitment from you. Because he can't, like, I don't know what's wrong with LeBron. He doesn't have, like, he has commitment issues or something like that. Like, say, all right, if you guys go get Melo, I will stay this year, next year at least. Because if they do make this trade and they do get like a mellow, then they got to make sure. Because I would rather have that 2018 pick without LeBron than have Mello without LeBron. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, Mello's on his, his last legs. They got to make sure if they bring in guys like D Wade or Mello that LeBron is staying. Because, I mean, that's that's a huge piece of their future going Really, the only piece yeah. of their future going forward. Um, I also really quick want to mention who I think was the bigger, biggest loser of this trade, was my guy J.R. Smith. <laughs> because I'm telling you, with Kyrie and LeBron, they were going to be like arguing whatever chemistry issues. J.R. Smith was quietly, sneakily, going <laughs> to get up like 18 threes a game. He was just going to be firing. That's what he does. That's what, I mean, that's what he does. <laughs> nah, nah, it would have been to another level. He would have been gunning for uh, Steph's record. Oh, yeah. I mean, he would have just been like, oh, you guys are, you know, Arguing over there on the bench, I'm just gonna let three threes fly in a row. No big deal. Yeah, right? and they they lose <laughs> by like 30, but you'd see like in the in the box score like Jr. Smith 18 for 28 on threes. Like <laughs> <laughs> it would have been incredible. And now now he's like ah, now we got to be serious and play real basketball. Yeah, so I, just, I feel bad for my guy. You know, I really like the matchup between the Celtics and and the uh, and the Cavs because you know you look at it. Irie, our, uh, IT is not stopping Kyrie. No, so you win not. that matchup. At shooting guard, Jalen Brown, if you start Kyle Korver or if you start J.R. Smith, 
I don't think either of them can stick with Jalen Brown. Even if he's not making jump shots and stuff like that, he's still way younger, has a way better motor, super athletic. He's going to wear them down. Then you yeah, look but, at then you go to the, mean, the the three position, and Hayward can match up with LeBron pretty decently. But I also think that the uh, Celtics would switch it up and have Morris try to guard LeBron and have Gordon Hayward uh, guard Kevin Love, which you can do because as which Kevin Love has well. proven in the past few years, but Kevin, he's like the softest player on the yeah, block in the league. So. Exactly, but Kevin Love cannot stay with Gordon Hayward. No, but they would probably switch it back. Yeah, I but mean, then but the then you have then you have Marcus with. Morris beating on Kevin Love in the post. Because Marcus Morris is a big dude, he's a he's like one of those guys that'll grind it out in the post. He's yeah, got a he's, nice mid-range jumper. He can yeah, hit threes he, too. He's more like, of a shooter, I think. Yeah, I mean he's he's a hard worker in general, but like, and then I think Al Horford his primary and, uh, job would be to stretch the floor. Yeah, and then Al Horford and Tristan Thompson. I feel like Tristan would like he can bang out better than uh, oh, Al Horford yeah. can. But he also, would destroy like, him on the boards. But but that's, that's Horford's the, got the three-point weapon. He's way better scorer. He's so. a great facilitator, and I feel like that's going to be even better. With Kyrie there, because everybody's going to be so worried about Kyrie. This dude can dance around anybody. Yep. And then you know one quick dish to Al Horford, he could be open for a three, or he has that passing ability to be able to get it to a Hayward or get it to a Marcus Morris or someone else that's in a better position to score. Yeah, that's true. And also uh, a couple other points I want to make about this trade, and we talked about this before we got on, but people burning Isaiah Thomas's jersey. Yeah, that's so stupid. That's ridiculous. That's Absolutely so ridiculous. I feel like they're probably not even Celtics fans. They're just like fans of another team that have an Isaiah Thomas jersey, and they want to make Boston fans look bad. Because uh, from from I don't know about from that. what I've seen, <laughs> and from all the other Celtics fans that I've talked to, and from all the things that I've seen on Twitter, Celtics fans, including myself, absolutely love Isaiah Thomas. Yeah, he was the reason the Celtics were as good as they were last year. And the th- a thing like where he had a tragedy in his family happen with his sister passing away, and then two days later was on the court playing for you. If you're burning his jersey, yeah. like there's seriously something wrong with you, and I, you should probably be like checked into a mental institution <laughs> because this man played his heart out for the city of Boston, for you if you are a fan. So you should not be burning his jersey, one hundred percent whatsoever. That's true. And if anyone out there thinks that. Isaiah wanted to leave the Celtics. That's blasphemous. Like I'm 100% certain this guy wanted to be a Celtic for a long time. Oh yeah. And they probably wouldn't have paid him like you said. But I'm sure he would have wanted that big contract from Boston where he could stay there and be a Celtic, you know, for the next 5 years, however long his career goes, whatever. But I'm certain he didn't want to leave and go to Cleveland. So anyone who thinks they got like betrayed or anything by Isaiah Thomas that's absolutely crazy. No, if anything, the Celtics betrayed Isaiah Thomas. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the organization yeah. 100% betrayed him. But I think the thing was, what also a lot of people, like I've heard some people talk about, but I feel like Cleveland's not really concerned about, is, is Isaiah Thomas's hip. And that injury that yep, he had... I heard Danny Ainge say that was one of the reasons he made yeah. the trade. And like that injury he had, you know, this whole like offseason, it was like, oh, do I do surgery or do I not? And he, he opted for not having surgery. But the Celtics had a, like a concern that he wasn't even going to be ready for camp. So now Cleveland's like, yeah, we'll take him. Haven't even looked at his hip yet. Don't even know. They're like, whatever, we're going to take him. You know, something serious could come out of this, and he could be out for like months. Yeah, that's true. But they do have a safety blanket in uh, Derrick Rose, Derek who's Gross, one of yeah. the most stable, un-injury-prone players in the league, right? Yeah. <laughs> and if they lose really. D Rose and him, they'll both be out. They'll both be out, and it'll be LeBron James and Kevin Love, and 
which is the craziest thing because when that big three started, Kevin Love was like the outcast. It was like LeBron yeah. liked Kyrie more and Kyrie was getting along with LeBron and Kevin Love was getting LeBron was like tweeting, like subtweeting Kevin Love, like, oh stop being yeah. a bitch and stuff like that. And he wasn't in Instagram photos. Yeah, exactly. Which people read way too much into, but Yeah. But like now it's like <laughs> he's left now with LeBron, so I feel like Kevin loves uh And and Kevin's the only one who's actually like locked into Cleveland long term right now. Pretty much, yeah. He still has like f- three more years. I think maybe four more years that. left on his contract. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll see. But uh, oh, also uh, on a on a sad note, I heard uh, Jay Crowder's mom actually yeah. passed away the night he was traded. Yep. So that must have been uh, you know tragic, chaotic. Yeah, that must have been a tough him, night so. for him. Shout out uh, Jay Crowder as a Boston fan. I loved seeing you play for Boston. You're so gritty. You had the heart. So, like, you know, I wish him the best and Isaiah the best in Cleveland. Obviously, I don't want you guys to beat the Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah. <laughs> but I would love to see you guys play the Celtics. So Okay. Because okay. <laughs> I want to see Boston. That That is going to be so sick, seeing yeah. Kyrie and his new team go at it with LeBron. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. So, uh, I don't know. I guess we'll agree to disagree here. I think the Cavs won the trade. You think the Celtics won the trade. Yep. Uh, you know, we'll find out uh, next May when they presumably meet in the Eastern Conference Finals. Ante Zizic could change this, though. If he becomes, like, something special and it's, like, out there, like, blocking shots, yeah. averaging a double-double, I'd be like, damn. I actually I watched him <laughs> a little bit in the in the summer league for Boston, and he was a nice passer. For, like, he would set, like, high screens, yeah, and he wasn't really shooting. But like he was finding backdoor cutters and like playing pretty well. So no, yeah, he's no slouch. He was their yeah. first round pick a couple years ago. Yeah, that's and true. They just stashed him. He like I was excited about seeing him on the Celtics because I thought like him and Gershon Yabusele, I felt like they were gonna actually like contribute pretty much. But I don't know. Zizic is now pretty a lost cause over there in Cleveland. I don't know what's gonna happen to him because I don't think they have the roster space for him. They gave up Kyrie yeah, and got know. three I mean, players in return. I don't know how many people they had on their roster because if they had fifteen, then they got to cut somebody and they got to cut Zizic. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, they had a bunch of like veterans sitting on their bench. I think like James Jones was still on their roster. So okay, you know they probably got rid of him or something and he left. Yeah. I don't know. I think I think they'll fit all the guys on there. So yeah, I don't know. We'll see. But uh, now we're gonna move on to another somewhat hot topic oh. in in the NBA. <laughs> so Magic Johnson. Oh, magic. New president of operations for the L.A. Lakers, the big baller brand, L.A. Lakers. <laughs> uh, the Pacers, surprisingly out of nowhere, hit him with a lawsuit via the NBA. Petty Pacers, man. Yeah, dude, it's it's crazy. And so they're filing charges for tampering, <laughs> which is when you pretty much, since he's the president of operations and he's part of the management in L.A., he's not allowed to talk to or recruit players Yep. Still on their current contracts with other teams. You know, like fans and players and all that stuff, they can do that all they want, but GMs, presidents, coaches, they can't. And so this is the clip on Jimmy Kimmel. Magic Johnson did an interview. And so was this, this is before or after the Pacers traded Paul George? Um, this The video here came before. Okay. Yeah, this is from like, Earlier in the year, like April or March or something. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, so this was well before. So they must have had this like logged in their brains, like, oh, yo, we'll use this. If, if he leaves, then we'll just sue him. 
(laughs) (laughs) Terrible strategy. But so here's the interview that Magic Johnson did with Jimmy Kimmel. I wish I could talk about all those guys. But you'd be contract tampering now. Exactly. Did you have, when you started this job, did they sit you down and say, okay, so here are some things you have to know. You can't do an interview and say you want the specific player. That's right. Uh, And did you have to learn? Yeah, I had to go to school. I had to go to... CBA school, salary cap school, and tampering school. <laughs> really? Yeah, you can't tamper with somebody else's player. You can't, you know, I had to learn this new CBA that we have. And uh, What constitutes tampering? Like, if you're on vacation and you run into Paul George, are you not allowed to speak to him? No, we're going to say hi because we know each other. I you see. You just can't say, hey, I want you to come to the Lakers, even though I'm going to be wink- winking like, <laughs> you know what that means, right? <laughs> So, yeah, just him saying (laughs) that right there, that's why they're suing. That is so crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's really outrageous. Like, can you think of any reason why the Pacers would would care? Uh, Because they got fleeced, and now they're like, shoot, let's might as well make it so the Lakers can't get him. I think this is so dumb. I honestly, like, okay, so first of all, everybody in the world pays attention to basketball knows that any team wants Paul George. Yeah. Magic Johnson's just saying this on Kimmel. People knew before that they wanted Paul George. Yeah. You know? And Paul George knows Magic Johnson wants Paul George. (laughs) So him saying this on Kimmel is just reaffirming the fact that everybody wants Paul George. Yeah. (laughs) This this tampering charge in itself could be breaking news that isn't news. (laughs) Exactly. It's uh, just, come on. Like, are you serious? And the other crazy thing about it is Paul George said openly that he wants to go to the Lakers. So, like, everybody knew what the deal was. And like you said, everyone wants Paul George. So this is crazy. And the type of consequences that this could cost the Lakers, like, if found guilty to a certain degree, they can lose draft picks, like first-round picks. They can lose up to $5 million in cash. And they could possibly um, not be allowed to acquire Paul George in free agency next year. I think that's so ridiculous. Hey, maybe if they lose their draft pick, maybe if this does happen and they lose their draft pick, that's supposed to score the Celtics. Even if it falls out of two to five, the NBA is just like, you know what? It goes to the Celtics. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would have to imagine at that point that's like already the Celtics pick. So <clears throat> I don't think they would get, you know, in trouble for that. And then also um, management can be suspended. So like Magic might be suspended for, you know, I don't know, however many yeah. games or a certain time I, period. I don't think anything's going to happen with this. Yeah, I don't think so either. When I when we started talking about this, it made me think of another situation. What's that? That was like baseball. So David Ortiz, when he was retiring, he was like uh, talking about this guy, Edwin Encarnacion, who's on the Indians now. Okay. And it was in a press conference, and, and David was like, yeah, I want Edwin to take my place. Like, I want him to become like the DH for the Red Sox. And then... Uh, somebody tried to hit him with tampering, and he was he was he was like he was like I'm a player. He's like I'm not an executive. I don't sign the contract with him, so I can say whatever the fuck I want. Yeah, they <laughs> That's can. What yeah, he said. But uh, so like I feel like Magic Johnson shouldn't even get in trouble for this. It was literally like a joke. You hear the laughing after. It could end up being a five million dollar joke, but uh, yeah, honestly, five million dollar joke. Yeah, honestly, like. It's not a big deal. I feel like the Pacers just being petty. The petty Pacers. Yeah, that's the thing is the Pacers get no benefit, absolutely nothing from this if, like, their sue goes through and they find the Lakers guilty. Like, they don't get money. They don't get picks. They don't get Paul George back. Nothing. It's literally just to bring down an opposing franchise 
who you play twice a year and will not see in the playoffs because neither of those teams are making the playoffs. <laughs> so I I cannot find a single reason why the Pacers would do this. Yeah, and even if they did make the playoffs, you guys aren't going to face each other in the championship. Yeah, exactly. And that's the only like, possible way. So yeah, like, <laughs> maybe if it was someone in division, right? You know, like they could actually hurt a direct opponent of theirs and give themselves a competitive advantage, or if the fine money would go to the Pacers organization or the picks would go to the Pacers, but that's not even the case. Yeah. So I don't know. I think, like you said earlier. They're just upset that they got 10 out of 10 fleeced, finessed, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. And they lost their best player, and now they're in like this weird half-rebuild mode yep. where they're going to be like just out of the playoffs for the next like five years. And they're, just, they're in a mess. Larry Bird just left. Did he get fired or did he leave? He resigned. He resigned, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, they're, Larry Bird was probably the second or third best player in that organization, even at the age of like 65, whatever it was. <laughs> so, I mean, the Pacers are just upset and they're just, they're in a bad situation and trying to like lash out at anybody. This is, this is just childish to me. Yeah. When, at first when they traded Paul George, obviously we knew it was like, they got finesse and stuff like that. And I was mad because I was like, the Celtics definitely gave them like a better offer. Like Paul George should be on the Celtics. But now after this Kyrie Irving trade, I'm like, Kyrie Irving is better than Jimmy Butler or, or Paul George. So I'm so glad that they got Kyrie. And now I can just laugh even more at the Pacers organization. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now you can be happy about their uh, their disdain over there. Exactly. The mess they've created. So we'll keep you guys up to date on that situation. But I don't expect any fireworks or any big happenings over there. So uh, now we're going to move into a segment that we didn't, uh, we didn't get into last episode. So we're going to get back to it. One of our favorites, breaking right. news. That isn't news. It's not news, but it is news. news but it's is not news. news. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to start things off with uh, my big headline is that, so we're, we're uh, recording this on the 25th. So yesterday the Yankees played. They played Detroit. And for some breaking news, it isn't news. Aaron Judge struck out. No. So <laughs> he, he had, couldn't have. Yeah, I mean, this man... He just ended this major league streak that is the record as to where he had 37 consecutive games with that with at least one strikeout. So he like a couple Impressive. days ago, yeah, a couple days ago he didn't strike out for the first time in a while. So everybody was like, "All oh, right, great, the streak's over." But you know what? Yesterday, boom, right back to striking out. This man <laughs> struck out again. I mean, you can't really blame the guy. People strike out, but also this guy is six seven, so he's got like the tallest strike zone in the league. So like. I mean, everything you throw to him, if it's over the plate, it's pretty much a strike. This guy's like abnormally tall for baseball, but he also is in, is known for being a, notoriously like this power hitter. So I mean, he's swinging for the fences pretty much every time, and you know sometimes you just you don't make contact. But there you go, Aaron Judge striking out like Aaron Judge does. Everybody, all these Yankee fans want to talk about, oh Judge, he's so great, oh he's so great. Yeah, I mean he hits home runs, but that's when he does make contact. Otherwise, he's going to strike out. I'd rather a guy that puts the ball in play and, you know, gets a few more singles or a few more doubles than a guy that it's either all or nothing. But Yeah, and this is the guy you said uh, he looks like a shark? He looks like a shark. Yeah, right. 100% he looks like a shark. Maybe when he gets paid he can fix his teeth. But I don't know, maybe he'll pull a J. Cole and just keep that crooked smile. But Yeah, where did J. Cole? Yeah. yeah. But yeah. who knows, maybe he won't get that contract because uh, he's racking up the Ks. Yeah. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of forward Ks or backward Ks, you think, are going his way? Ah, uh, forward. I mean, he's uh, he's swinging and missing, man. Okay, yeah, he okay. swings and misses a lot. <laughs> he's not he's not sitting back <laughs> no, and watching. No, no, okay. no, he's not watching him. He's swinging at everything, trying to hit it out. <laughs> all right, all right. 
Well, hey, I'd rather those K's than the backwards K's. But, yeah, uh, backwards K's are... Uh... Those are tough. So, for my breaking news, it isn't news. I'm going to throw it back to the NFL, a little preseason action. Nice. And the Cleveland Browns, one of the top Ooh. five organizations in football, announced that rookie quarterback Deshaun Kaiser will start Ooh. week three against the uh, Tampa Bay Bucks for their third preseason game. Wow. And Brock Osweiler will probably not play in the game because they, they've seen what they want from him. And this is this is no surprise. I think everybody knows that Deshaun Kaiser was the guy. He was eventually going to start for this team. He had to. They have Brock Osweiler and Cody Kessler, who both are proven in the fact that they proved that they're trash at being an <laughs> NFL quarterback. So you know, and, and they're paying Brock Osweiler so much money, so I guess they had to give him a look. But it was a matter of time before Deshaun Kaiser was going to get the first first team reps and he was going to start in the regular season for them so they can see what they really have there yeah and uh you know maybe a little bit of a surprise that it came this early in the season but i'm not surprised this is this is, this shouldn't be news that's the bottom line exactly you know? i mean he's obviously the best quarterback there youngest and, uh, too right oh yeah i mean he's a rookie cody yeah. kessler was a rookie or no he's probably like three or four years deep cody kessler i think he played Brock a bit Osweiler's for the, the rams Osweiler's that only been around like two or three years either, but I don't know what the Texans were doing, man. He Brock Osweiler's one of those guys who is like a career backup. Like he probably yeah. loved sitting on the bench watching like uh, Peyton Manning, Peyton Manning play, and then when he went down, he was like final play, did well, you know, won the playoffs, did well. Then like the Texans are like, oh, he's like the next best thing. Like we're gonna yeah. sign him. They signed him to this huge contract, and then he just goes back to, you know, his normal role, which is career backup. Yeah, I mean, he literally was like last place among quarterbacks, <laughs> like starting quarterbacks in the league last year. And he had for QBR, and he had one of the best uh, receivers in the league on his team. So. Yeah, exactly. In an elite defense, <laughs> and they couldn't do nothing. I mean, you have like any average or at all above average quarterback, Tom they're Savage. like an AFC contender, <laughs> and they were they were not good. Like well, they I mean, made the, the playoffs. Yeah, but. I mean, the Texans are in a good spot now because uh, yeah. They got Deshaun Watson over there. Exactly. Tom Savage is going to start, but he's going to lose that job. And then Deshaun Watson's going to be over there balling out, I feel like. I feel like Deshaun Watson's going to be good, but. Yep. And when he gets a starting job, that'll again be breaking news that isn't news. Exactly. So wait on that. (laughs) And uh, all right. So we'll be hitting you guys with that segment pretty regularly. So look forward to it in the coming weeks. But now we're going to move on to a huge topic that we actually haven't discussed on here yet. Ooh. We got one of the biggest fights. Of all time coming this Saturday. Let's go. And uh, Conor McGregor yep. versus Floyd Money Mayweather. Ooh. UFC versus boxing. That's or, cool. What do they count? Cool. Is UFC and MMA is like the same, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's what I thought. But, you know, they're not in the octagon. They're yeah. in the square. Yeah. Or the ring, as they call it. Yeah, yeah. Even though I always found that confusing because rings are circular. Yeah. So. But, it's, uh, but I don't know. Who knows? Maybe it's because like all those punches to the head. Whoever was supposed to come up with it was a Xboxer and was like, it's a ring. I don't know. They're all fucked up. Yeah, now. okay. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. You probably don't learn your uh, learn your shapes growing up in the, the back streets the of like Southside Chicago. But, <laughs> but uh, all right, I'll give him credit for that one. So are you excited for this Mayweather-McGregor fight? Oh, yeah. I feel you like are. everybody has to be. You know, I don't think anybody is like, oh, yeah, whatever. I mean, maybe people that don't even know what the sports are. I mean, I'm not even a fan of boxing or UFC, like either of them, but I'm still excited. I still feel like um, we could have another breaking news that is a new segment that comes out of this as to where Mayweather wins because I really don't see 
uh, McGregor beating Mayweather at all. I feel like if it was an octagon, obviously it's uh, it's a different story. McGregor would wipe the floor with Mayweather, but Absolutely. this is Mayweather's sport. You know, he's old and stuff like that, but Mayweather has always been one of those fighters that, you know, absorbs a lot of hits. And, and he knows that 5D is a dodgeball. Mm-hmm. Dip, dodge, duck. Dive and dodge. Dive and dodge. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Something like that. Yeah. So, like, I mean, he's always one of those guys that'll wear you down, and McGregor's not used to that. Uh, what is it, 12 rounds? I don't think they're going to go full 12 rounds. You don't think so? No. So you think someone's going to get knocked out? Yeah. Really? I feel like McGregor's going to come out, like, super aggressive and just swinging, and maybe they're going to absorb all that stuff. McGregor's going to get a little tired, and then maybe they're just going to catch him on the chin. Pop him twice. A little two-piece. A little two piece, maybe a little okay. three piece if May- if Mayweather's feeling a little bit more hungry. A little three yeah, piece. give him a little three piece McNugget. Yeah, yeah. All right. See, I got to be honest with you. They do a great job promoting these events. Oh yeah, they and they to. make so much money off them. And I, apparently, it's good entertainment. Oh, it is. But I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm not excited for this. Really? I'm I'm not gonna watch this. No, well, I just talked all that shit about people that aren't excited, yep. and you say that. Yeah, and I'm sitting right over here. Why Why, why didn't you go watch this? Man, I just. So I watched Mayweather Pacquiao. I was like kind of excited for it. They were like, oh, biggest fight ever. And I was like, hey, maybe I'll get into boxing. I'll check this out. Paid for it. Pulled it up. I didn't care for that one bit. Oh, that's the problem. You paid for it. Yeah. Go to to Buffalo Wild Wings. Pay for wings. Yo, Buffalo Wild Wild Wings wasn't showing it. Really? For real, yeah. What the? So so this was uh, the Mayweather Pacquiao fight was the same night as uh, game seven when the Clippers played the Spurs. Oh, so they're showing that. Well, yeah, but we called we called Buffalo Wild Wings. We're like, hey, we're gonna be coming through. Are we gonna be able to get a seat to watch the fight? And they're like, what fight? We're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, no, we're not we're not showing it. We're not showing the Mayweather Pacquiao. That's so crazy. That was off the table, so we didn't really have a choice. We had to we had to buy it. And we might have like streamed it from somewhere sketchily. I don't remember. <laughs> I didn't I didn't really set it up, but uh, Reddit. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> but it wasn't that exciting. Like they just like Floyd just put his hands in front of his face. He would take like 15 punches that like don't count because yeah. that kid his gloves are side. And then you just like shake his head like with all this swag at Pacquiao. Like, nah, you didn't get me. You didn't get me. <laughs> like he just roasted you. He just had you in the corner like beating up on you. But I guess like Floyd gets points for being like good, good defensively. Yeah. Which he was. I mean, he didn't take like too many huge punches. And whenever they get close to each other, they just like hug each other and then they get separated. <laughs> I don't know. I just... Like MMA and UFC, I find to be way more entertaining. Yeah, I agree with and that. And like, I just think this is going to be somewhat of a joke. I don't know. I think it's going to be a little bit different than than Pacquiao and Mayweather because they they are both professional boxers, so they yeah. both know, you know, exactly what to do, how to like, you know, take your time. Like boxing is a lot of patience, as opposed to MMA is a lot of get to your guy, and and bludgeon him and and bludgeon him. <laughs> so I feel like McGregor is going to be just he's just. From his from his sport, he's just gonna be naturally more aggressive than what a uh, Pacquiao would be or something like that. And I feel like he's gonna actually like really come at Mayweather because he knows that if it goes twelve rounds, he's there's no way that he was gonna win. Yeah. So he's gonna have to come at Mayweather, and I feel like if when he comes at Mayweather, I mean Mayweather can't really punch it right really hard because his like hands are like frail as hell now from all this <laughs> boxing and from driving those Rarys. I feel like he's gonna. I you know what I could see is. Mayweather tries to land a punch on McGregor and breaks his hand. And no. he's just like, yes, his hands are so frail. So frail. I've not heard that. Why is, why is that the case? Because he's cause boxed he's, for so long. For so long? Yeah. Well, he doesn't even have to throw a punch. 
He can just run around the, that's the what ring he's gonna and, do like, and hide him, in the corner. He doesn't have to land one punch. And they'll be like, but that's, yeah, the, Floyd that's wins. the thing. That's the thing. And I think McGregor knows that. And I think McGregor's going to come at him. But the problem is, he can't come at him the same way he does in UFC or MMA. Like, he can only use his hands. Yeah. Like, if he could come at him, like, swing with his legs and, like, elbows and wrestling him and shit, like, <laughs> like yeah, he would destroy him. And I agree with you. Like, he'd just come out in a full barrage and take him down. But we can only use the boxing rules and you can only use your hands in certain, like, jabs and punches and all this stuff i don't know the exact rules but yeah. obviously it's much more specific than mma i just don't i just don't think it's gonna be that exciting i don't know maybe i'm wrong i mean obviously i am wrong because everyone's excited for it and they're gonna make so much money off this oh yeah and another reason i'm not a huge fan of the whole whole setup is the promotion of it and they're like talking trash and like all these like ignorant things they're saying like taking shots at each other i just find it to be like a little bit fake. I don't know. I just It is. It is like played up. Yeah, like and people that's get part all of both into sports it, though. That's part of both sports. Boxers do it and especially in MMA. Like when they have those pre-fight things, they're going to talk hella shit because yeah, you want to get in the person's head, you want to try to intimidate them. That's just part of it. Like you saw McGregor's like pinstripe suit that said fuck you all the way down it. Yeah, and he wore one a, of those uh, things. He wore like a CJ Watson jersey. Do you know about this? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, oh, I because CJ Watson like apparently slept with Floyd's wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But, like, <laughs> so that was like funny. the the one thing that I thought was like kind of funny, but overall, just a lot of it seems like staged and just you know they set up the events on purpose to like yeah. have the guys do this. It just I don't know. People get swept up in it. For me, I just it doesn't work for me. I don't yeah. know. I mean, a lot of people are uh, excited, and I feel like if McGregor does. Somehow, by a miracle, beat Mayweather, then this could change Mayweather's legacy. Yeah, because he's what forty nine and like O. Yeah, something no, like that. Yeah, the O is all that matters. The O is all that matters, and especially if his only loss is to a non professional boxer. Yeah, it's gonna be a terrible look. Also, he could probably try to play it off and be like, "Well, he's not a boxer. I'm forty nine zero against other boxers." But nah. still, you would you would have your only loss to a guy who this is like his first time boxing. Yeah, Mayweather and <laughs> Mayweather's like always betting money on himself and stuff. So that'd be so cool to see him finally lose money. Yeah, but he's gonna make crazy money off this. Yeah, I don't know the numbers, but they make like hundreds of million dollars of one night. Oh yeah. I don't I know saw, where it comes from. I saw I mean, one thing where and pay per views and yeah, yeah, exactly. all that stuff, but. I saw I one thing where it. it was like Mayweather had like a check for like 200 mil and he just had the check. I forgot what, he was on like some TV show or something and he was just like, I don't even have to cash this. Like he still see, had the check. He's like, I don't even have to use this yet. Like, <laughs> see, like just the cockiness and like the braggadocious nature that like the athletes breed in both sports. I just don't, I'm just not a big fan. Yeah. I mean like trash talking, like I'm fine with it. Like that's cool. And like being ambitious and confident. I like that, but it just, Something about the energy in this sport just feels different where it's like over the line or just fake and engineered. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's how it is with all of them. I feel like, yes, it's going to be staged a little bit, the trash talk and stuff like that. But also, yeah. I feel like they genuinely don't like each other. Oh, absolutely. As well. Yeah. And uh, people have like I know I've seen this on uh, like first take and stuff with Stephen A. Smith. And they're like, could this turn into like a sort of like a race thing? Where it's like the really? Irish, like McGregor versus like this black, like Man, Mayweather, and I, was I hate like, ESPN. I was like, I don't, <laughs> I, I don't even like. You don't need to bring that up because it's literally just a like a sporting event. It's like a fight. Like I don't know why you'd have to bring in race to it. 
there's already too many things with like how like you know that's a line that you know you don't want to really approach and stuff like that but i wouldn't bring race into it i think it's literally just a sport yeah man espn in general takes things way too politically and like socially and culturally it's crazy like whenever the the kaepernick situation is brought up or anything like that like they don't even talk about the players involved. They don't talk about any of the football side of things. All they end up talking about is like race relations in the U.S. Like that's not why I'm watching the show. Yeah. Like if yeah. I want to hear about that or like learn about that, I'll go somewhere else. I don't need Stephen A. Smith and Max Kellerman. You know what I mean? Like and like Will Kane, like this new guy. I mean, they talk about way too much politics and shit like and you, that. And you look at other sports. That's like if David Ortiz took like a white pitcher deep it's like no it's oh it's a race thing yeah, like, it's like, literally you, just a sport like, yeah. it's literally a sport it's i mean crazy. boxing has different motives behind it because you know it was at a point when you had muhammad ali you know that was a big part of like race in, in the country with the tension and everything like that you know that was a big part of it but yeah honestly, but even right that now, that was just, more like the actions and and stuff that he was doing outside of the sport yeah it was like not that there were two different Muhammad Ali's because obviously like everything he did outside of boxing and in boxing like was infused together like one mindset, but it wasn't like stuff he was doing in the ring and then they would take it politically. You know yeah, what I mean? It he was, was he was being, doing so yeah. many things like outside of the sport to like empower the people yeah. and, and cause change. So I think that's a little bit different. But but getting back to the to the legacy topic, because you said it would kill Floyd's legacy, which I definitely agree with. On the flip side like, McGregor has lost a few fights recently, right? Yeah, he's lost before, yeah. Yeah, so he's lost a couple. So he was, like, a huge name, but now he's lost a couple. So how far does this bring him back if he beats Floyd, and, like, what type of upset would it be? So, like, I first of all, I think he's going to lose, and I think that if, if McGregor yep. loses, it's not really a big deal against him because it's a totally different sport. Yeah, you can't blame him for that. But if he wins this, I wonder what McGregor decides to do because... I think there's more money in boxing still. Way more money. So if he beats Floyd, do you think maybe he would bring up, you know, more boxing matches and be like, I want to do this more often? And then we could probably see someone as to where we've seen people that have played professional baseball and like football. Are we going to see somebody that's a professional MMA fighter and boxer? That would be cool. I mean, that would be like a different different aspect on the sport. But the thing is, it all depends on who McGregor is as a person. I mean, if so, one route you go is if you beat Floyd, then you're just like, oh, I'm, I'm, I beat this guy, like I'm the greatest. Not that he's the greatest boxer, but you know, he'd be super proud of that accomplishment, and oh, he could yeah. go back to MMA and dominate, and he'd be looked at as like this huge upset, and like, wow, how did this guy pull this off? But if you stay in boxing, you run the risk of like now losing multiple boxing matches, yeah, and you look kind of like a fluke. Like, yeah, you beat Floyd. And, like, that was a crazy accomplishment, like, one of the biggest upsets ever in the history of sports. But I, I don't see him, like, staying in the boxing realm unless he really needs the money, which would make sense because you make way more money in boxing than MMA. Yeah. So. I feel like this also could, uh, obviously, I think it already has started to help MMA in a way as to where those people that are big boxing fans who maybe really didn't ever pay attention to UFC and stuff like that, are going to see McGregor and they're going to be like, all right, maybe I'll check this out a little bit more. And I feel like they maybe probably already have. Yeah, and MMA is definitely on the rise. I mean, boxing yeah. has been around for years, but MMA is much newer and it's it definitely has better growth. I'm pretty sure boxing is on the decline. Yeah. Well, M- MMA and UFC is on a, on a heavy 
incline yeah with as as far as the growth in the sport so to answer your question yeah i mean it has to bring in more fans and more followers to the sport of mma i mean mayweather pacquiao was a much more watched fight than like any ufc fight as far as i know yeah so so you are definitely right and this is the biggest boxing ufc match i've ever seen really promoted um obviously next to like pacquiao mayweather would be close Mm -hmm. but yeah i think mma can only benefit from this. I mean, yeah. if their guy loses, it's expected. If he wins, it's a huge success. Yeah. So I, I think it's a no-lose for MMA and UFC in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100% I agree with that. So uh, we'll have to see. We're recording this on Friday the 25th. Yep. And the fight will be tomorrow night, or you know, you guys will probably get this on, on Saturday. So tonight, yeah. big fight, in case you didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's going down. Uh, do you know what time it is? Time is going down, like nine o'clock, I think. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. They I, uh, usually run pretty late. Uh yeah. So it's at nine o'clock. Nine o'clock on Saturday, August 26th. It's going to be at the uh, T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. Uh, pay per view. So you can stream it on like Line or stream it on your TV, stuff like that. Obviously, I feel like you guys can find it somewhere else illegally, but we yeah, didn't yeah. tell you to do that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're not. We're not pay for that. it. <laughs> Who said that? Who said that? Um, all right, so yeah, huge fight. We'll uh, we'll discuss the results maybe a little bit next episode and, and give our takes on what happened. Yeah. And big announcement here. Ooh. Next episode, we're going to do our full-out predictions and analysis for the NFL season. 100% official. 100%. So you can like write this down if you're trying to keep track of this. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll see. I'm not sure like what the uh, other like ESPN and other analysts. I don't know if they've done their like actual predictions, but we'll keep a track of that. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we'll we'll keep us. Well, I'll, I'll make a little chart of, like who they predicted, who we predicted, and then we'll visit it like through the, like halfway through the year, see who's on track, and then at the end of the year we'll see, and we'll probably be better than Skip Bayless. Yeah, I mean I would assume <laughs> so since he has the Cowboys and. I don't know, probably the Dolphins since he's a Jay Cutler guy in the Super Bowl. So he'll he'll definitely be wrong. He'll definitely. Um, but yeah, we'll have to see. We'll have uh, we'll say who we think is going to win each division. Yeah. Who we think is going to make the playoffs? Wild cards. And wild stuff cards. Like that. Uh, you know, MVP. Yep. Uh, candidates, stuff like that. So we'll have that all for you guys. Next episode will be a heavy football uh, EP. So look forward to that if you're a football fan. And we might even have uh, some people call in, give their takes yeah. on their teams, try yeah, to you know we'll promote see. them. Yeah, we'll see. Convince we'll see. us that they're uh, going to win the division. <laughs> so uh, Brian McTeague convinced me the Giants are going to win. <laughs> yeah, well, that one, I mean, he could easily convince convince me that they'll win the division. Not the Super Bowl, but the division. I don't know, man. Okay, we can't, we can't <laughs> say anymore. We can't say anything more. we got to wait till next episode. All right. But uh, that's going to wrap it up for us today on Couchside Sports, Episode 8. Thanks for listening. We're just in here giving our uh, perspective on sports from the comforts of our couches. As it should be. As always, the way it should be. All right. So, yeah, we'll uh, we'll catch you guys next episode. Thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks, guys. Peace. Peace.